Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And welcome to the Purpose Kingdom Network. I am your host, Evangelist Cheryl Johnson, President and Founder of the Women in the Word Ministries. And this is the In Search of the Truth broadcast coming to you live from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in the United States of America, where you can listen to this program uh, online uh, by going to the uh, web address www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Purpose Kingdom. That's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Purpose Kingdom. Or you can always dial in at 319-527-6091. 319-527-6091. This is episode 1830, and we are blessing God and praising God for the opportunity uh, to share with you the Word of God these many times and being consistent and persistent to do so. The Bible declares in Psalms 119, verse 160, Thy word is truth from the very beginning, and every one of thy judgments endure forever. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And John 8, 32 says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So if you're looking for freedom tonight, if you're looking for deliverance tonight, if you're looking for a word of encouragement tonight, you'll find it in the Word of God. Let us pray. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all of the earth. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. We give you honor and glory that is due your name, for you are worthy to be praised from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. Your name is worthy to be praised. Lord, we come before you even on this evening, Lord, uh, uh, full of expectation, uh, full of hope, full of anticipation on how you're going to speak to us through your word even on tonight. So asking, Lord, that you would prepare our hearts, Lord, and prepare our minds, Lord, prepare our ears that we might hear you. And, Lord, most of all, that they would not hear me, but they would hear you high and lifted up and that you would uh, plant that seed uh, deep within their spirits, Lord, so that it will grow and bring forth seed 30, 60, 100-fold in the name of Jesus. Lord, behind, hide me behind the cross in the name of Jesus. Let me get low that you would be lifted higher and higher in the name of Jesus. And let your word go forth with power and anointing. These things I ask in the mighty, matchless, marvelous, magnificent name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen and glory to your name, O God. Tonight, tonight, I'm going to be coming out of... Uh, Acts chapter 27, Acts chapter 27, and I'm going to uh, challenge us uh, tonight uh, with um, with what I'm going to be discussing or relaying or reading and sharing with you in Acts chapter 27. And simply, if I was choosing a theme or a thought or a title, even on this evening, it would be simply, I believe God. I believe God. Now, I know you're saying, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, Evangelist Johnson, yeah, we, we believe God, and, and we understand, and we all, but how about this? And if you're honest, and you need to be honest with yourself, there are times when things arise in your life uh, unexpectedly and it is for a duration of time when you began to wonder, because it's been going on for so long, back-to-back, consistent, whether or not God is even aware that you are in the dilemma that you are in. And there are times that when you're in such a predicament 
and things are pressing in on you, and I don't care how strong you say your faith is, there's always going to be a point where your faith is going to be is going to waver. And uh, you uh, began to ask yourself, does God really care and what is he doing about this situation that I am in? Amen. Amen. Because, see, it's easy for us to say that I believe God and I know he'll get me through when we can see some daylight at the end of the tunnel. But how about, how about, how about, when you're in the midst of it and all around you is unstable, all around you is in turmoil, and it just keeps coming back to back to back to back. Can you, in the midst of that, truly say your first response is, I believe God. I believe that we get to that point. Amen. Somewhere in the middle of that predicament. But I, but I, I challenge you. To be honest tonight, be honest tonight, and ask yourself, is that the first thing that falls off your lips when you're in your Eurachlodon? That's what I'm going to call it. And so we're going to look in the Word of God, and we're going to look in Acts chapter uh, 27. We're going to read some verses starting at verse 14, and then we're going to talk about uh, what how the Lord has uh, given me uh, these things to share with you. And I'm not only talking to you, I'm talking to myself because I've been there and I know I have company. So come with me to Acts chapter 27 and let's begin at uh, at uh, verse, uh, uh, let's start at verse 13. There you find these words. It says, And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, Loosing thence, they sail close to Crete. But not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon. And if you're in your Bibles with me, you can underline that word Eurachlodon. Great storm, tempestuous winds. It is uh, irrational. It is out of control. Amen. Here it is. A Eurachlodon. And uh, verse 15 says, And when the ship was caught, and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Claudia, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship, and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, straight sail, and so was driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. Sound familiar? Mm Mm-hmm. But after a long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of a ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whom I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be bought before Caesar, and lo, God has given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, here it is, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me, Howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island, and then skip down to uh, verse uh, down to verse forty, and it says, "And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves unto the sea, and loosed the rudder bands, and hoisted up the mainsail to the winds, and made towards shore, and falling into a place where two ships meant or two seas meant." They ran the ship aground, and the forepart 
stuck fast and remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land, and the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. The word of God for the people of God to glorify God. And again, I believe God is 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 the title. And as I was reading that account, let me back you up for a minute uh to let you know how we got to that point. And so if you are a student of God's word, uh, I would implore you to read Acts chapter 25 and Acts chapter 26 and Acts chapter 25 Paul is wrongly arrested and beaten for preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is taken before Felix uh, by the chief priests who tend to do uh, Paul harm. As a matter of fact, they want him uh, put to death. And that is the request that they make. However, Felix does not feel that the charges against Paul are legitimate. And he hopes, here it is, listen, and he hopes to be paid off under the table so he could release Paul. But when that transaction did not happen, he puts Paul in prison, and it remains there. He remains there for a while. Eventually, Festus shows up, amen, and here it is, and gets wind that there is a certain man left in bonds. And he desires to hear what's going on with that particular case. And uh, here it is. He also understands, Festus also understands, that King Agrippa will be coming in through town. And so perhaps he might want to hear this, this case as well. It's all in Acts chapter 25. You read that when you get a minute. When Paul presents his case uh, to those uh, leaders, right, he says, I do feel that I'm not being treated fairly here. I am a Roman citizen by birth, and so therefore I appeal to Caesar, take my case to Caesar. I don't want to be tried here. I don't think I'm going to get a fair trial. You guys are indecisive as to whether to believe me or not to believe me, and I respect your authority. I respect your leadership. I respect everything about what who you are. However, I want to exercise my right as a born Roman citizen, and I take my appeal to Caesar. That's in Acts chapter 25, also in Acts chapter 26. So this is how Paul gets aboard this ship that we're talking about. And when Acts chapter 27 opens up, they're taking Paul uh, um, as a prisoner along with others uh, onto Rome. Amen. And so what we find is that the weather is begins out pretty nice. However, uh, Paul feels... Uh, as a matter of fact, I'll say that the word that the Spirit of God speaks to Paul and, and kind of gives him a warning to say that although the weather looks nice, you might want to hold off. And so Paul relays this, and I am at the beginning of Acts chapter 27, Paul relays that to uh, the people who, uh, who are, you know, experienced sailors and all that. And he says uh, right here in verse, um, let me see, verse 9 and 10, and when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because of the fast and now already passed, Paul admonished them and said to them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be hurt and much damage, not only of the landing and the ship, but also of our lives. But listen, what happens? Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those. Uh-huh. And because the haven was not yet commodious to the winter, and, and the more part advised to be depart thence also, 
if by any means they might attain to Phoenix and there to winter, which is the haven of Crete and lies toward the southwest and northwest. In other words, they were in a hurry to get to Rome, and they thought they thought that the weather was fine, and they didn't want to spend the wet. They didn't want to spend the winter in Crete. They wanted to get, you know, get this over with. Get not only the prisoners, but the shipment that they had as well was also bound to go to Rome as well. And so they be, they ignore Paul's uh, advice and say, here it is, I believe the masters of the ship. Uh-huh. I believe what I see. I believe uh, what the people say they perceive to know. And so I'm going to go along with that. But not too long, here it is, uh, not too long. Starts out nice. Verse thirteen. I read it before. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing they have obtained their purpose, loose thence and they sail close to Creek. Oh, hey, the weather's fine. Everything's cool. I'm all right. We're all right. You're fine. I'm fine. The shipment's fine. The prisoners are fine. We got it together. We got enough to last. We can make it to Rome before winter sets in. Everything is great. But verse fourteen. There's a conjunction, begins with the word but, which tells you that there's a contrast coming up. But not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurotlathon. Now remember when I uh, introduced this, uh, this topic that we're sharing even on tonight. Everything is going fine in your life. Things are falling into place. The Lord is blessing. Um, you know, your ministry is off and running. The vision that the Lord has given you is working just right. Um, you know, the family is, is settled in. Everything is fine. Uh, you name it. You plug it in. The thing that makes, uh, makes your sailing smooth. Everything is fine. Then all of the sudden, without any uh, without any indication, things began to go awry. Things began to go crazy. Had nothing to do really with what you have done per se, but things just began to hit one after the other. And it seems that before you can recover from the first onslaught, the second onslaught comes, and then the third, and then the fourth, and you find yourself rocking and reeling, and, and everything is turbulent. Amen. And I told you before, call it your Eurachlodon. Amen. Eurachlodon. Mm-hmm. Verse 15, and when the ship was caught and could not bear up, into the wind, we let her drive. Amen. In other words, when they could no longer control the ship because of the tempestuous wind and the high waves and the storm and the rain and the gale and all the things that was tossing the ship uh, to and fro like it was a toy ship, all right, but it wasn't, but that's the way it was happening. It was coming that quick, that fast. They could no longer control it, so they let it. They left the rudder alone. They left the steering wheel alone. They they let the sails go because they couldn't control them anyway. They let the ship, a matter of fact, here it is. They let the Eurachlodon guide the ship. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's another story for another time. Sometimes we let our Eurachlodon guide us because we can no longer, we've lost all control. And so now it has control. And it throws us to and fro and back and forth and up and down, and we don't know which way is up. Sometimes we are in a dilemma like that. Sometimes we're in circumstances like that, and it just keeps coming, and it just keeps coming, and it just keeps coming. And we began to wonder, does God know what I'm in the middle of? Is he doing anything about what I'm in the middle of? Does he care? Eurachlodon. Verse 16, and running under a certain island, which is called Claudia, we had much work to come in by the boat, but they couldn't, they couldn't dock at Claudia, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ships and fearing lest they should fall into quicksands, strike the sail, 
And so was driven. In other words, here it is, they tried their best to control the ship. They tried their best to control the great sails. They're different size sails that do different things when you're trying to guide a great ship. They tried their best to man the rudder. They tried their best to, to, to do the steering column, all the things that are necessary, and it just wasn't working anything And because they feared that uh, – if they were able to do, because they could not see, because it was dark, because it was tempestuous, because of the winds, because of the waves, because of the rain and the constant battering on the ship, they felt that if they were even able to steer, they would run it into quicksands and then they would quickly sink. And so therefore they said, we're going to take our hands off of all of it and just let the Eurocladon have its way. Verse 18, and we being exceedingly tossed in a tempest, the next day we lightened the ship. We start throwing, they start throwing stuff off the ship. The supplies that were supposed to be so precious that had to get to Rome, they start tossing them overboard. Uh-huh. Yeah. All the things that they thought weren't necessary that would probably cause them to struggle even more and cause the ship to be weighed down even more. Outside of personnel, they started tossing things out of the ship. Oh, that's right there. I'm right. I'm right in the word of God. Verse 19. And the third day. Now, see, they've been in this thing for at least three days. It says, and the third day, we cast out our own hands, the tackling of the ship. That's the sandbags and all of the things that are necessary to kind of uh, distribute the weight evenly. All of the things, again, like I said, all of the things that they could see no immediate use for, or even if they could, it had to go. So they're getting still pelleted and, and bombarded with a lot of things. And here it is. In our lives, we will run into our own Eurocladon. Some of us are in the middle of a Eurocladon now. Some of us have just come out. Some of us are getting ready to go into one. And I'm going to tell you that it doesn't stop. It's going to be one thing after another thing after another thing after another thing. And you'll find yourself eventually having to let go because you have no longer any control. Look at verse 20. Verse 20. And when neither the sun nor the stars in many days appear. So now, how about this? They're in the middle of wherever. They don't even, they don't even know where they are anymore. And sometimes we can get into certain circumstances and, and, and predicaments and, and, and uh, distresses where we don't even know which way is up. And, and it is just not for a day or two or a week. It can literally be for weeks, plural, even months. Mm-hmm. And they said there was no sun and there was no stars that appeared in the day at all. That's verse 20. And no small tempest lay on us. When it says no small tempest, that means the winds were still great. That means there was no calm. It means that it was still rocky out there. It means that the waves were still doing their thing. Amen. Beating against the ship and becoming unbearable. And they're trying to bail out the water that's coming over the sides. Amen. Look, that's what's going on here. If you can imagine in your mind uh, being in that type of thing. And the Bible says, look at verse 20. And all hope that we should be saved was taken away. Sometimes you can be in such a dilemma where you begin to think that all hope is gone. Please be honest tonight. Please be honest tonight. You, and I know me in particular, have been in a situation where I began to lose all hope. I began to think, man, this is this is it. I, I can't. There's nothing I can do about it. Uh, I, I don't see any help in sight. Uh, I mean, I, pri- I prayed. I, I'm not getting an answer. Amen. If it's just me, then I'll just raise both my hands. But I know if you've been there, if you're honest, you've been there. 
and it says in verse 20, and all hope that we should be saved was taken away. Amen. All right, look at this. But after a long abstinence, verse 21, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have listened, hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. Because remember, we read earlier where Paul told them it's not a good idea to sail. It looks good now, but it's not going to be. But they didn't believe Paul. They believed the masters of the ship. They had a purpose in mind. They wanted to get from point A to point B as quickly as possible with their cargo and the prisoners before winter set in. So, Paul, you don't even know what you're talking about. You're not even a sailor, man. So you're a prisoner. We ain't even listening to you. Yeah, that was in the earlier part of Acts 27. And now Paul, he's in the middle of this with them, and he sees the dilemma. And and He's a prisoner, though. He's in bonds, though. All right? And he sees the mayhem, and he sees the people uh, you know, losing their heads and losing their minds and, and trying to do everything they can do to keep the ship from capsizing because they're not really concerned about the prisoners. They're concerned about themselves. Amen. But here it is. What does the Bible say? Thank you, Jesus. Paul said, you should have listened to me. Verse 20, 22. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. I encourage you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. He says, I'm going to encourage you to let you know that everybody's going to live. The only thing or the only loss there will be is the ship itself. Look, look, here it is, verse 23. Why? Why Why does Paul believe this? For there stood by me this night, angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Now, I found that a very interesting verse right there. He says, for there stood by me this night. Now, look, this night, God makes himself uh, um, uh, real or visible or reveals himself to, to Paul. They have been in this Eurachlodon for days. We've read it. In the preceding, pre- preceding verses, how long approximately they have been in this Eurachlodon. And then they were still in rough waters and dark times where they said many days they didn't see even the sun or the stars. Come on, we just read that. But now Paul stands up and says, um, everybody's going to live. We're going to only lose the ship. And I'm going to tell you why, because the Lord revealed himself to me this day. This night. That's what it says right there. It's right there in verse 23. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. I want to encourage you that although it still may be dark, although it still may be turbulent, although stuff is still coming at you, and although it doesn't look like there's a way out, God has never left your side, and he will reveal to you that you are going to make it. Continue to pray. Continue to look to the hills from which cometh your help, because your help is coming from the Lord who made the heaven and earth. See, we know what it is. Sometimes God allows seasons of suffering for us so that our faith will grow through the storm. So we don't know why we're in that Eurachlodon. We don't know why we're in that storm. We don't know why we're in that predicament. But like Paul, he says that God will reveal himself to you and tell you that you're going to make it through. I hope somebody heard that even on tonight. Amen. Look at look at verse 24. He said, he said, he said, God stood by me that night and he said, fear not, Paul. See, God knows, knows, he just thought he didn't know where you were. He not only knows where you are, he also knows who you are. He says, fear not, Paul, thou must be bought before Caesar, and lo, God has given thee all them that sail with thee. What did the angel of the Lord tell Paul? Paul, your mission is to go witness in Rome, and I'm going to make sure you get there. Amen. And here it is. By default, everybody with you going to make it too. Simply because, here it is, simply because you're there, everybody around you 
is going to glean, is going to be safe. Oh, man, that's, that's another story for another time. You're somebody else's blessing. You're going through what you're going through so that you can be a witness and someone, because people are watching to see how you get through this thing. And when you get through, it's going to help them get through because they're either in the middle of it, getting ready to get into it, and trying to find their way out. And they're looking at you, and you're looking at God. God, here it is, here it is. And God has revealed to you, you're going to make it. And he tells you, you're going to make it. And then he says, not only are you going to make it, but those around you are going to benefit. And that's just what the angel of the Lord told Paul. He said, Paul, 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 you're going to be brought before Caesar, and God has given you all of them that sail with you. Mm, that's good stuff. Verse 25, wherefore, sirs, this is Paul still speaking, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. Here it is. For I believe God. And it shall be even as it was told me. I believe God in the middle of whatever is going on. You got to come to grips and stand up and say, no matter what I see, no matter what I feel, no matter what they say, no matter what, what is going on, I unequivocally believe God and what he has told me was he will never leave me nor forsake me. What he told me was that I'm more than a conqueror through him that loves me. What he told me was I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. What he told me was I am your deliverer. I am your way maker. I am your promise keeper. I am all that you need. That's what he told me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I believe God. That's what Paul says. And he goes a little further in verse 26. and says, And how be it, we must be cast upon a certain island. Now, don't miss that. You're going to make it. And, and you're going to get to a safe haven. But, you'll be, but that safe haven is not going to be familiar. But it's going to be a safe haven for you. Here it is. How be it, we must be cast upon a certain island. And when he says certain island, we don't know, because remember, they don't know where they are. They have no idea if they're close to Rome or how far off course they are, and all of those things happen to be. But the promise of the Lord is it doesn't matter that you don't know how you're going to get out of what you're out of. You're going to come out, and you will be docked or put in another area that you're going to be unfamiliar with, but that's okay because I have strengthened you along the way for your endurance. Here it is. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. And you're going to be able to handle what's coming up next when I land you safely to shore. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name, most high God. And as we continue to read the story, Paul's going to encourage them. He says, okay, so since I've given you this, how about this? You haven't eaten in a while. So you need to eat and uh, so you can get your strength back. It's Here it is. Here it is. Look, I, I'm not making this up. Here it is. Look, look, look. Verse, uh, here it is, uh, 33. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, This day is the 14th day. 14th day. 14th day that you have, that you have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. They haven't eaten in over 14 days. Mm-hmm. Wherefore, verse 34, I pray you to take some meat. For this is for your, here it is, health, for that there shall not any hair fall from the head of any of you. Your Eurachlodon has even caused you to lose sleep and not to eat. But here's the word for you. God said, you're going to make it. God said, I'm with you. God said, I will land you in a safe spot. Go ahead and eat. It's for your health. Go ahead and sleep. It is for your health. See, God challenges us to trust him beyond our own present circumstances, and he's working things out for our 
good even in the storm and for his glory even in the storm. Why? Because he has made a promise and he will uphold it and he will fulfill it. Saints and friends of God, whoever this is for, eat, sleep, rest in the Lord. For he said, I will see you through. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 35, and when he had thus spoken, he took bread, gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. And then were they all of good cheer, and they also began to eat some meat. And here it is. And we were in all of the ship. How many people were there? It says 203 score and 16. That's 276 people on this ship that was tossed to and fro. Uh-huh. Yeah, in the Eurachlodon. 276 people. And when, verse 38, and when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out into the sea. Now they're getting rid of the food. Look at that. And the things that they were carrying, the necessities, the commodities, even more. They were getting rid of that too. All right? Verse 39. And when it was day, they knew not the island, but they discovered a certain creek with a shore into which they were, they were minded if it were possible to thrust in the ship. Didn't Paul say a little earlier he believed God? Didn't Paul say we would be cast onto a certain island? Didn't Paul say we're all going to make it? Didn't Paul say that? And right after, shortly after the Bible says, right, when it became daytime, they realized that they were in a particular creek that led that had a shoreline that they could in fact see, and they thought they probably could probably maneuver the ship toward that particular shoreline. Uh-huh. Look at verse 40. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves to the sea and loosed the rudder bands and hoisted up the mainsail to the wind and made for shore. Now that they could see that there was light at the end of the tunnel, now that they could see that they could possibly control getting into this, this land, into this island, Right now, they hoist up the main sail because remember uh, when this Rockledon stuff was going on, they took the sails down. They 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 let the ship drive itself. Uh, they weren't going to blow out the, the the remaining sails or whatever, so they they would be adrift forever. So they pulled those sails down and all. Now they've hoisted up the main sail and they have a little bit of control on how they figure they can get it. Now, this is uncharted waters though. They don't know uh, what this coastline is like, what this shoreline is like. They do perceive they see rocks and stuff and they see. It's a little dangerous to maneuver into that place. Look at verse um, 41. And falling into a place where the two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the fore part of it stuck fast and remained unmovable, right? But the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. You know what that tells me? All right. They're close to their deliverance, but they're not close enough to hop off the ship. You'll know that by the, the next verses that we read, okay? And they're kind of stuck now, all right? They can't back it up. They can't go forward. Uh, they don't even know where they are, but they do, do know that the back end of the ship is falling apart. Because the violent waves, right? Because remember, the sea stuff is still turbulent, and even though they see this uncharted island or whatever, the weather, the Bible doesn't tell us that the weather totally became calm, still violent out there. But they have a new perspective now. What am I saying? You get a new perspective when the Lord speaks to you in the middle of your Eurachlodon, and now, here it is, now your thoughts aren't on your Eurachlodon anymore. They're not on your circumstances anymore. They're on listening to what God has spoken into your spirit, and that is that I'm going to get you to a safe place. Now, you might not be familiar where I'm taking you, but I'm going to get you there, and it's going to be way better than where you are right now. And so, with their ship, 
they ran it in between these rocks and got stuck. But the back end is still dealing with the violent part of the storm, and it is being ripped apart. That's what the Bible tells us, right? Verse 42, good Roman soldiers uh, never let their prisoners escape, all right, uh, because it would be their life if they do that. So here's what they think to do. And the soldiers counseled to kill the prisoners, lest any of them would swim out and escape. Ah, but God was watching over Paul because he had promised Paul, you're going to make it to Rome. You're going to make it there. And I'm going to thwart this plan too. Yeah, you can see your deliverance is in sight. And here comes something else around the corner to try to discourage that you didn't hear God say he's going to get you through. And I'm, and you see this thing coming, but God has already promised you and said you're going to get through this thing. And you have declared loudly, I believe God. But you can see out of the corner of your eye something else is coming around the bend to discourage you. But God is going to keep his word, and God's going to thwart that plan. Here it is. Look, it says, but, verse 43, but the centurion willing to save Paul, here it is, kept them from their purpose, kept the Roman soldiers from their purpose of killing the other prisoners. And here's what he does, and commended them that they that could swim should cast themselves first into the sea to the land, and verse 44 says, and the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. What am I saying? You're going to get through it, my brother. You're going to get through it, my sister. Amen. You're going to get, God's going to take you through it all the way through it, you may land. Uh, he's going to take you to a safe landing. You might be in a in a place that's going to be uncomfortable, out of your com- uh, out of your comfort zone, and all that. But you're going to get there. Here it is, uh, and here it is. And you may swim out there, all right. But how about this? Or you may have to grab on to something so you can float the shore on broken pieces. Here, here it is. And some swam out, but the rest on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. But you're going to make it no matter how you get there. You're going to make it because God has promised that you're going to make it, and he's going to uphold his promise. See, believing God rebuilds your hope. Believing God uh, um, reinforces your endurance. And believing God gives you the insurance that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. And your faith will grow through this experience. And you will really get to the point where you will truly say, I believe God. It's just not going to be a caption anymore that you speak out of your mouth when things are going awry. But when the real big things come, you begin to think, do I really believe he sees me? Do I really believe he hears me? Do I really believe that he knows? Yes. And the answer is yes. Yes, he knows where you are. Yes, he knows what's going on in your life. Yes, he knows. And yes, he'll be with you. And yes, he's never left you. And yes, he'll get you through it. And it doesn't matter how many days, how many weeks, how many months it might take. But God has said and has spoken to your spirit, I'm going to get you through this And you just need to declare deep down on the inside, no matter what you see, no matter what they say, I believe God. I believe God, and then let him give you the peace that passes all understanding, give you the rest that you need, and let him take care of how he gets you through that. You're not in control. Let him, talking about God, let him get you through it. And when you get to that's safe. Here's, here's what you need to do. You need to praise God. You need to give him his props. You need to give him his glory. And here it is. And more importantly, you need to testify what God has done for you. Amen? Amen. I believe God. Now, I know I said a lot. I know that. I've said an awful lot, and some of it was food for thought, and some of us have spoken, thank you, Lord Jesus, has, it has spoken directly to where you are even right now. 
Because remember, I had said some of us are in the middle of our Yeraka Don even right now. And we feel as though that God doesn't know where we are. God doesn't know who we are. And God doesn't even hasn't even heard our prayers. But yes, I'm telling you that he has. And he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And he's preparing things to work these things out, not only for your good, but for his glory. You just have to declare I believe God, and then let him do the work. But then there are others that don't know this God that I'm talking about, who can get you out of, who can see you through your darkest hours, who can bring you over to the other side. And I'm talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. You you don't even know uh, who he is, and you don't even know who to cry out to. Well, I offer him to you today. I offer Christ to you today. And he is the God who delivers. He is the God who sets free. He is the God who can and will help. He is the God who is your bridge over troubled water. He is your healer. He is your defender. He is your deliverer. He is your all in all. And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And how do you how do you get to know this Lord Jesus Christ? How? It's so simple. It's easy as A, B, C. A, admit that you're a sinner and that you need to be saved from the wrath of God. You need to be saved out of whatever's going on in your life. Admit that you can't do that by yourself and admit that he came and he has already done that for you. Amen. And we praise God for that, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. Mm-hmm. So admit that. And then be believe, believe that, that that God gave his son to die for your sins, that God gave his son to die for you. But also believe that he went to the cross with you in mind, but also believe that though he died, he rose on the third day. And now he's sitting on the right hand of the father making intercession for you. Believe and see. Confess him as your Lord and Savior. That means give your life to him even right now. And he'll make you brand new. For if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away and all things have become new. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, the word of God says, you shall be saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. And when you do that, it's so easy. That's all you have to do. Just give your heart. Give your life over. Then he says, don't worry about your life after that. I'll get you together. You don't have to get right to get to me. You come to me, I'll get you right. That's what Jesus says. And then you can cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. And no matter how dark it gets, no matter how uh, dreary it gets or whatever, he's going to be right there with you in it, and he's going to see you all the way through it. Won't you want to get to know that Jesus the one that I just introduced. And you can pray with me even right now. Uh, this prayer, Lord Jesus, please come into my life. Um, I need you. I can't do this by myself. I, I've never been able to do it by myself. And I really believe that you died for me and that your blood has paid for my sins and you've provided me with the gift of eternal life. And by faith, I receive that gift and I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, I do pray. Amen. And let me tell you, my brother, let me tell you, my sister, that if you've prayed that prayer and you have truly confessed it in your heart, you are saved and welcome into the family of God. And today begins your new life in Christ. Amen. And here's what I encourage you to do. In order to live that new life more abundantly, you'll need to seek out and connect with and join a Bible-believing Bible teaching church and, and or community and, and that will cause you to want to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and to learn about the many more promises that he has in store for you. Amen. Amen. And then you can truly confess, I believe God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Brother Rob, I'm coming to you for the announcements. Okay, no problem. Uh, excellent uh, show tonight. I uh, pre- uh, really appreciate the word uh, that was brought forth tonight. And real quickly, I'll go into the announcements. This is a Product Purpose Kingdom Network. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining for tonight's episode, no matter where in the world you are. Whether you listen to us uh, via phone or listen to us online, we greatly appreciate your listenership and your support of us here at Purpose Kingdom Network. And we also thank those that share with your friends and family members, letting them know that Purpose Kingdom Network is on the air. Anytime you do a live broadcast, broadcasting live on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. 
And when we do a live show, we do have a calling number, which is 319-527-6091. Anytime you want to talk to any one of our hosts, you can just simply hit the number one, and we'll get you in as quickly as we can. Uh, also, uh, we do invite you to like us on our Facebook page, which is at Purpose Kingdom at Facebook. We can see our upcoming shows and advertisements. From time to time, we do make major announcements on the social media pages as well as others that we're on. We're also on Instagram and Twitter under Purpose underscore Kingdom. Uh, if you want to contact us via email, you can contact us at PurposeKingdomNet at gmail.com where you can send your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello or send a praise report, and we're gladly out of that. Also, if you're in need of a Bible, you can uh, just leave your contact information there, and we'll uh, set forth and send you out a Bible. Also, if you're interested in a Christian game show, just leave your contact information there, and uh, also we'll get in touch with you. All right, and um, we also do have a radio network, which is pkn.com. There you'll listen to uh, 24 hours of music of inspiration and uh, music of praise. All right, and um, tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour, God's going to God's blessing, that we'll be having Iron Sharpens Iron, and that's going to be Evangelist Mary Scott. And once again, with uh, God's going God's blessing, you can join us in at the 9 p.m. hour with Iron Sharpens Iron, and that's going to be hosted by Evangelist Mary Scott. And uh, with that being said, that's going to be the end of the announcements, and I'm going to hand the show back over to Evangelist Cheryl. God bless you, my brother. I praise God for you. And I just uh, want to, you know, praise the Lord for each and every listener, even on this evening. And I pray that the word of God has saturated your spirit and that you were able to glean something uh, exactly for you that spoke to your spirit exactly where you are um, today and what God can do. And if you're not, here it is, if you're not in it right now, um, you keep on living, you may come to that point. And then what you've heard tonight will kick in and you'll be able to jumpstart that by saying truly and declaring truly within your heart, I believe God, because I know that the Lord, he does this. He allows seasons of sufferings in our, in our lives. <coughs> Excuse me, but that suffering, it grows our faith Throughout that storm, throughout that Rakulon, he he is uh, about building our character and about building our faith. And sometimes it takes a season of suffering for that uh, to happen. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. Um, he challenges us to trust him beyond our own present circumstances. And he is working things out not only for our good, but for his glory. Why? Because he's made a promise and he will uphold that promise and he will fulfill it and his promise is that he will never leave us nor forsake us in other words you're going to make it through even if you come make it through on boards or on broken pieces but say i believe god and when you stand up and say you believe god that rebuilds your hope it gives you strength to endure and it gives you the insurance that god's word will not return unto him boy but he will accomplish, but it will accomplish what he has sent it out to do. Saints and friends of God, I believe God, don't you? Amen. Until next time, I let the word of God be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your pathway. I am Evangelist Cheryl Johnson, and you've been listening to In Search of the Truth. I bid you peace and God's blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus led. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose. He saved me, I 